0: The Capitals Orpik. announced it.
1: The Capitals announced it. Oh, God, it happened. <laughs> we traded the 47th pick for Grubauer, for Switch, Orpik and Grubauer.
0: Yeah, all right, we're, we've been recording this whole time. Oh, What's no. up? We're, we're the Burgundy
2: we Radio podcast. We traded 47
1: for fucking <laughs> Grubauer and Orpik.
2: 47's not that bad. I mean,
3: Orpik's terrible, but... I'm Steph, that I am was, was just Rudolph. guessing on orpic too. I had no idea. That's Earl. <laughs>
0: Special guest uh,
1: Nathan Chapman uh, just moaned. Oh, so much for the having guy who ate it.
3: <laughs> that's terrible. What Eight's too many.
1: Fuck. Can't have extra
2: picks. There's that's the first too... f bomb. Everybody drink. Oh. <laughs> first of
1: many. You
0: traded tra- <laughs> tra- tra- a second for Group Hour and Orpic Why are you helping?
2: I don't think that's that bad of a trade. Like we don't care if we're help. We help Washington.
1: You know, to what's it gonna me you mean for car. Marley? though? It's like, hey, you just traded for my replacement, I'm just gonna what about go Alvin to Russia or something. He
4: is not.
2: <laughs> the only problem with getting Grubauer is
1: he's gonna wanna start. Well there goes our mock. May as well have to <laughs> take we don't get Morozov. <laughs> yeah, all of our 47 <laughs>
3: picks are dead now. There goes Nikola Bodin. Yeah, I mean, the,
2: obviously it was. You guys have to take a yeah. pick to make this worth a worth a second and not a first. Like,
1: you'd think Sakuk would learn. I just, I want to believe in him, but then he then just does this.
0: Why would you trade a first for Grubauer in the first place?
3: I mean, I I just don't want to see Brooks pick for. You know, one no. game, much less 82. No. Yeah, that,
2: that should be like the hardest of buyout candidates for sure.
1: Just sign Laner or freaking Mrazic and take a chance on them. They're just a <laughs> of chance of being good as freaking Grubauer. Oh,
0: God. What did Cap uh, Friendly
3: do to their front page? I just, I really wanted this to be a nice night. Well, it
1: still can't. It's an it's an even draft year.
3: It still can't. That
1: will never happen. (laughs) Uh, I'm. That's part of the reason I really want our the auto first to be next year because we do good in odd number years, just we can't do crap in even number of years. Yeah. All right. Look at
2: it this way: we now have enough Washington goalies to play 82 games in a season instead
1: of like 20.
0: At least <laughs> Orpic is only signed for the through this
1: year. And so Orpic then just blocks the young guys from playing or do we buy him out? No, he's he needs to be sent home. Like, does he have one year left or what is he? Yeah, one year.
0: Robidaw Island. Man.
2: It doesn't even have to be Robidog Island. It can be your healthy oh, but we don't care island. <laughs>
1: I'll just take it as a pause we still have our first. Just don't screw up the first then.
3: So basically we we got a cap dump and a guy that the habs or that the caps had to get rid of, and we gave them a, a second round pick for it.
1: <laughs> yep. This has gotta be one of the gutsiest clubs in the National Hockey League. And a breakaway! They get it pure guts! Ah! They got nothing
2: but guts. They get to get Guy with three big old cow hearts, two pancreases. Brandon right here with a terrific backhand pass. And look at the patient. My goodness, guts all over the place. I can't believe it. And after 22 years, the mark.
0: So, so that happened right as we started getting ready to talk for real. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and hello to everybody listening live. Great um, Christmas abs, fans. If, if, if you would keep chatting <laughs> to eh, the G. We still seven
1: picks to screw up. You might could, not screw all of them up.
0: Yeah, if y'all could try to keep your chat to the G it would really help us keep an eye on it. I'm Steph, we're joined by special guest Nathan Chapman. Hello to Nathan. This is where you say hello back. He's not going to do it. And hello to Earl. He's not going to say hello back either. you. What is this? These are the articles
3: you just
1: hate to have to write. There he is. Why are you in the draft channel?
3: Anyway, and Ruto's here Jackie's
1: too, he keeps muting himself Joe's somewhere constantly on the phone. What can you say after that
3: trade? I mean... There he is. <laughs> hey, we didn't give away our first. I trade the first now
1: too. Now it's first for Skinner. Yeah. Not Lindholm, cuz that makes more sense for our long-term
5: team.
0: So on a scale from 1 to 10, where 1 out of 10...
5: Hey, guys, what I miss?
0: <laughs> Hi, Vlad. <laughs> Not much.
5: <laughs>
0: so, so let's rate this uh, on a scale from 1 to another 10. another
3: bad trade again.
0: Where 1 would yep, be trading...
3: is
5: regressing.
0: Trading half your team for Matt Duchesne, and 10 would be trading Matt Duchesne for half a team. How do you rate this trade?
5: Orpik, Grubauer, and a what and a what?
0: Orpic and Grubauer for Orpik number and 47. A,
1: Grubauer and a cab dump for 47th overall. It's a solid like three and a half.
0: You're gonna give it about 3 fitting out of how many good or bad? That's that's the bad, bad.
2: side. That would be bad, yeah. I don't see yeah, how. Hope. How can you play Orpik this year? Like, unless they're not bringing Nemeth <laughs> back, how do you play Orpik this year? And they're
3: Maybe bringing Nemeth. That's a deal
5: coming. They've loved Orpic forever.
0: They have, they've they've been connected to him before.
1: Yeah, you know, have the Avs even announced you yet? Oh, no, there they did. Happened. They just did it. Was Five any... minutes behind Washington. Well, that's I mean... why we're not a cup-winning team.
0: Well, there are two, <laughs> two time zones.
5: So we got our Stanley Cup-winning goalie now, I guess.
0: Yeah. AD says this obviously means we he has not re-sign Jonathan Bernier. All right.
5: Oh, hey, Stanley Cup-winning goalie.
0: y'all this is a little bit... Chunky, actually, for me, Hang on, I'm gonna
5: reconnect real quick. Oh uh, now it's yeah, time, time to move
1: barley out of Denver. The Varley out of Denver tweets are starting already. Oh,
3: God. <laughs> I think they were starting. Before. His qualifying offer is
2: 1.5. Yeah, it's gonna be a long, long year of moving barley talk.
0: How many phases well, does he have left? Let's be real, Cute. that was gonna happen.
2: Yeah, it was. You're right.
0: And this, and no, he has one year. Barley does.
2: Oh, Varley? I thought he meant years of RFA oh, for Grubauer.
1: Yeah, Grubauer. How many RFA years Oh, I you just have? One? I,
3: I think definitely it's just missed the something then. <laughs> he's 26, so it's got to be UFA after yeah, this. Yeah,
1: just the one. So yeah, it's probably going to be a long-term deal then, or at least like a four or five. I don't know.
2: I think he'll probably only want three or four to prove he's a starter and then make Mad Bank.
1: Or he'll hold out and then just leave. Oh, if he holds out, this is oh, that trade becomes a one. Oh, here's LeBron. The ads intend to either trade or pick, and if they can't find a trade partner, they'll probably buy him out. Yeah, no one's going to take or pick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even pretend. That was, could retain half and maybe get rid of him, but I doubt they'll do
5: that. That depends. What's George McPhee up to today?
1: Ha
2: <laughs> ha! Uh-huh. He does love his defenseman. And
5: he does love Brooks Orpik.
2: Hey, that's two-time Stanley Cup champion Brooks orpic All
3: right. All right. LeBron says that the the abs are intending to trade Orpik. That's
2: enough. what he says. But who's gonna take him?
3: The buyout line
0: is gonna take him.
2: <clears throat> there Excuse you me.
0: go. So that that makes it Toronto.
4: <laughs>
3: But, but that I, like part, I feel a little apps. bit better about this. Maybe they can trade him to Ottawa. All
2: right, sure, well,
0: why not?
3: <laughs> look, it does like second.
2: solve something, right? Like it does solve the problem of who our backup goaltender is going to be. There's yeah. no question about that anymore. So
1: then, what does Frank Coos think, though? Because then they kind of saying, yeah. sign as. Hey, you're going to be your backup what, in a month or something."
2: What you're telling Francoz right now is, "Don't worry, Virly. Go back gets to Russia every year. It'll be <laughs> fine." Yeah, they're... Or like,
1: here's your ticket back to Russia.
0: There's no way Francoz was going to start in the NHL. That was never going to happen. There were always going to be a second goalie picked up, whether it was here or in UFA.
3: I know, but in UFA, it would have been free. We, would, we wouldn't have to give up a second-round pick. No, nope, take... we wouldn't. That yes. was...
0: And that's why this trade is a tree out of ten.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm blaming Steph for actually having a planned pre-show. The apps had to ruin it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell Like, I'll right you. when it started. Exactly when it started. Like, yeah. right at. Man.
2: Boy, it really does feel like that shouldn't be more than a third if you're taking on Orpik.
0: It does. It, it feels pretty awesome for Washington, and
3: yeah. <laughs> Unless, I mean, if they can turn around and flip them for a third or fourth or something. Then
0: you Turned a second into a third or fourth and added group hour, which is acceptable, but yeah, that's not bad at all. But you can't
1: or pick for conditional fourth. (laughs) The condition is he has to win the cup, like again, whatever those conditions were,
0: right? But I mean, this is this is not this is the first move that Sakic has made in about a year and a half that's just like blatantly what the fuck.
3: I don't i mean it's pretty much the, it's the same kind of well I wouldn't say that. it's it's sort of like the Wilson trade
0: i I think it, Wilson's a more effective horrible. I think Wilson's a more effective player than than orpic
3: yeah but you know you're paying for a cap dump you're, you're helping another team yeah, out that, and paying, paying to do it that
0: it's
2: 100 percent like a cap dump even if he does end up playing like that was strictly a cap dump for Washington
3: but the thing is, it's like all right. If if Washington was entertaining offers for like a first rounder for Grubauer, then you know it's sort of justified, maybe. Not from the A's point of view, but
2: I don't like value. It doesn't matter what they're asking. You if you overpaid, you overpaid. Like
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm seeing some some chatter in, in the Discord that some people actually like the deal. So I will encourage you to explain yourself.
2: Yeah. I can like I can see how it ends up being a good deal if somehow Grubauer proves he's into the next Corey Schneider. Yeah, like if Grubauer proves he can be a starter this year when Varley inevitably gets hurt and we sign him to 4 plus years and we get solid 3 years of starting out of him but Right now, it's pretty hard to say you you know how it's going to turn out. Like he has he played thirty six games this season, and that was a career high, so you can't really call him a starter yet.
1: And he has a whopping four playoff games experience where he's been garbage in.
5: <laughs> I don't have I uh, I don't have any stats handy right now since I'm you know on my commute home. But I think the question that we're all dying to figure out is how tall is he. <laughs> Is he as tall as Mark? Six, six one. He's listed at six one.
1: So probably about six feet actually.
3: It says he's six one and one eighty two, so that sounds like maybe five, six years ago, but
1: He's German though, so that means that we're drafting Bach at sixteen. We're we're going German now.
4: <laughs>
1: and then we're trading for Dry somehow.
0: We're going to go full Team EuroLance. Let's do it. All the Germans, all the Czechs. Make it happen. And some Swedes while you're at it, because why not? No.
2: (laughs) I need prospects that I can watch.
1: (laughs) What, you don't want to watch the freaking USHL with Claremont as a (laughs) (laughs) 21-year-old?
0: So um, obviously this means Bernier won't be back, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, I don't know if Grubauer is an upgrade or a downgrade on Bernier. Do maybe they're kind of the same guy? That's kind of the impression I have in my head, but I don't have. Yeah, it's,
3: it's a that. little sideways probably, but he's younger, so there's that.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: he's younger. We'll be able to lock him up for term, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but it probably is, assuming we don't overpay him.
3: Yeah, locking up Yogi worked well.
2: I mean Yogi <laughs> yeah, was a lot, a lot rawer than Grubauer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Yogi speaks German too. He is Swiss.
0: So at this point, like when I mean, you obviously the Avalanche had to pick up a goaltender here and Grubauer being available, I mean, I, I'm I'm not too annoyed with with him being the pick up. It's definitely the inclusion of uh, of Mr. Toothpick,
3: Brooks Orphan. Yeah, just,
2: getting Grubauer is fine, right? Like,
3: yeah. I mean, you can't have him in camp. I mean, what what's Kamenev gonna do to him? Break his own arm? A- yeah. <laughs> Break his own push, arm. <laughs> push him down the stairs, probably. I would. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, this means they won't have to draft a goalie in the second round. They just did. Uh, oh, nice one. Yeah.
2: They nope. just they just yeah, spent they their their higher doing second their the goalie like no one yeah. wanted.
1: <laughs> now they can take Revelle. Now they can use Ravel. keep using the overage euros in the fifth round, that will never turn out until the goalie's an issue again.
3: I still think you have to draft one this year. Oh yeah. Sure.
1: A second straight
2: up for Grubauer isn't too bad. A second for Grubauer. Oh, and also Brook Orpik,
3: kind of bad. Yeah, I just I don't see the value added from taking on the cap. So right,
0: it's it's definitely going to depend on what happens next. Um, yeah. So because as we've just had uh, Argvark throw in the chat, the tweet from Elliot Friedman, Colorado's going to see if they can help orpic land in a preferred spot. Whether it's a trade or a buyout, they're preferred to, or they're prepared to facilitate. So, we still cannot judge this in those terms because none of those terms are the real world yet. So, yeah. at, this trade in a vacuum sucks a small amount. Um, it's not the end of the world. It's obviously not good. Um, but then, once we reach the point where Whatever happens next for Orpic is determined. Then, I mean, say he gets traded for something, and then we can look at that return. But if it's a buyout, where does this deal end up for you?
3: Um, I mean, it's stinky. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, like, I gave it a 3.5,
2: like, just assuming that nobody wants him and we're going to buy him out.
0: That's my assumption, yeah. too, but... <clears throat> There are.
3: Yeah, it's
1: like a a three. You know. If you can somehow flip or pick, it might go up to like a four, but.
3: I I would be hypocritical because I've I've been saying for a long time that taking on cap dumps really doesn't pay off, so. You know. But I just. I I wonder why you do it, you know? I I guess if if Grubar really was going to fetch like a first and something else. You know, then, then this gets it done without really, really kicking you in the nuts.
2: I mean, then the question becomes, did you need to have Grubauer, But
3: Yeah, and then, you know, it's just, what does this say about how they feel about Varley? And, I don't know. But I, I guess, you know, I, I know Joe's not going to say anything when he says something about this, but... <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting to see sort of the, what he says the thought process was.
0: Uh, he'll say he likes both guys. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. And he'll say, you know, he'll wish Jonathan Bernier the best. He's a good guy and a good player. Yeah. So that's... Uh... That's number forty-seven. What's the other pick Colorado has in the second round? Where's it at? Fifty-eight.
1: Fifty-eight. Okay. Basically, an early third.
0: More or less, yeah.
3: It's nine spots away. There's still good. I, I I still think there could be some fallers there.
6: I hope.
2: Yeah, we're gonna miss on a lot of the fallers that we don't have forty-seven yep. now.
6: Yep.
0: So that's that trade. Um, should we go ahead and move on to some of the other stuff that we actually were thinking about talking about today? Sure. Yeah,
1: the actual... So having up. extra picks or... <laughs> like having an extra things. pick for once? Yeah,
0: yeah so much for the extra pick thing. Let's, let's talk about a little bit of breaking news today as it was uh, announced that the next play-by-play voice in Altitude TV will be, will be Mark Mosier. It was? It was?
2: Yeah, it was. The audience...
0: By... BSM Somebody. broke it, I think. I think AD oh. said so, because Uh-oh. AJ was doing draft things, so AD broke it. Um, but yeah, the the obvious choice, the internal upgrade, and kind of rumored to be the choice for a little while, so not anything
3: earth-shattering, but cool. Yeah, I, I watched the video they had about if they got the, the fourth overall pick. Um, it was uh, Keefe in the host spot with Moj and, and Peter. Um. You know, I, it, it, that kind of told me that it was
2: set. Um, I'm interested like to it. see how much Moj is still Moj on TV. Because he's going to have to dial it back a little bit, probably.
5: Yeah. Oh, they're going to rein him in significantly. Absolutely. They did it to yeah. Haynes when he was on the radio. He was a husk of what he was when he was uh, unseen.
0: Right, let me remind you um, based on, this is a uh, what I mentioned this on on Twitter earlier today and I got this back from dick somatic uh, shout out dick somatic who, who has changed his name on Twitter to Dick somatic friend of the show <laughs> perfect
4: <laughs> <laughs> he'll tone it down
0: just like Haynes did remember Haynes calling Sackick's fight compared to his TV work and there's a night and day difference
3: yeah I mean I <sighs> He's done, I think he did the Burgundy White games the past couple of years. Um, and not that they, I mean, they mainly just talked about stuff and, and the game was on while they did so. But he did a little bit of play-by-play and, and Peter was in the booth with him. So it, you know, it wasn't him solo, just blah, 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 blah. You know, it, he was calling the game and it was, it was fairly calm. I think it'll be fine.
0: Anybody, I like, mean, not a fan of it? Even
2: if you're not, we'll just Stockholm Syndrome into it, so what? it'll be fine. You'll get used to it.
0: I, well, if that was going to happen, you'd think we would have got used to the old duo.
2: I mean, a lot of people did.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people agree they're one of the worst in the National Hockey League, so...
2: But they still loved them.
5: I don't know. I, I never liked Haynes. <laughs>
4: What is I like radio I Haynes.
5: I don't like TV Haynes.
3: Yeah, I mean, I never knew Haynes on the radio. To, I mean, I guess I did just because, you know, I'd, I'd be in like Grand Junction or something like during the spring and we'd listen to games while we were camping or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I never really listened to the radio that much before we had access to Game Center.
0: I can't handle oh, sports yeah, on the radio no. at all anyway, so my only exposure to Mosier is. Huh, my only exposure to Mosier is really like just kind of his highlight stuff, right?
5: Yeah. So. I've listened to Mosier on the radio since I was in high school when he he had a morning show here in Denver. He was a co host of that. He's yeah. bounced up and down the. When he was on the fan, he bounced up and down that lineup, and then he started doing the AS games. So it's like there was. A progression of what he turned into. I liked him as a host of a radio show.
0: I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt you. Whose music is that?
5: Not mine. Not mine.
0: Okay, continue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My god, that's Pierre
3: Maguire music.
0: <laughs> can you believe there's background music on this podcast? I can! <laughs>
3: <sighs> um
0: it's not very professional and it's not very good. It's it's fine. <clears throat>
2: I mean I I'm curious to see what Mosier like okay my dog's curious about Mosier at <laughs> best, I guess. Hello to the Rudolph. Uh... <laughs> But I'm curious to see, like, how much of his his flair that he keeps. Like, I know he's not going to get away with as much. Especially, like, on the radio, I'm always a bit skeptical of how honest a call is. Like,
5: if I can see the call, I'm going to see what you're messing up.
4: <laughs> right.
5: <laughs> well, the first Mark Moser drinking game will be to slam one every time he says, goodness gracious, about something.
3: I, you know, I, I think his, you know, like his guts call, like they probably don't want it. They probably want something like that. Just not, you know, as over the top, because I, I mean, I think that guts call was something that, that everybody really got into. Um, you know, I, I, you know, with Haynes being such a, I don't know, he's he's just there, you know, I mean, you didn't really get excited unless the Red Wings were playing or something like that. You know, Rangers. So I, I think they want to jack up the excitement level level a little bit during the broadcast, um, but it's you know finding that balance with Moser. I, I think it's just going to take everybody a little bit of time.
5: Well, Moser may actually call the play.
0: I didn't McNabb. know that was allowed. That's allowed.
5: That's one thing. We'll I
2: see really about did. that. McNabb will convert him to story time.
0: <laughs> it won't be altitude without irrelevant bullshit hour.
3: Well the nice thing is if you've ever heard Mosier and and McNabb do a game on radio together, it's it's Mosier's pretty good about involving game. Uh which is something that, that Haynes really wasn't that good at. You know, it's just sort of like he he'd stop talking and you know, the puck wouldn't be doing anything or it'd be you know <laughs> an icing or something like that, and Pete would talk, you know, I, just, I, I think if you can ask questions and,
2: you know... Yeah, you, I, you know, I definitely think Mosier will be more passionate. Like, McNabb was like robot mode against pretty much everyone but Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would, like, get all of his emotion out in our two Detroit games every year and just bash them constantly, and I think Mosier will be a little bit more up and Rooting for the ABS like every game.
3: <laughs> I mean, what I was really hoping for is someone that you know believed in analytics at least a little bit, and you know, because I, I think Pete would probably get into it. I I think he's into it more than he ever lets on. And
1: Definitely. It's like if you
3: if you let Pete if you let Pete sort of speak a little bit, you know, not try to overwhelm people with stuff they're not going to understand, but to You know, to to put a modern touch on some of the things they look at during the telecast would be really nice.
2: Pizza grenade, right? You just point them in the right direction and hope for the best. Like,
5: (laughs) Peter McBlam.
4: Peter
0: McBlam. (laughs) Oh God, that got me.
3: But, I mean, we've seen, I mean, we've seen him in situations that aren't, you know, avalanche games being called on TV where he's fairly, you know, he's a lot more insightful than he was during the broadcast. I mean, even, <clears throat> even the little spot he does with Keith and Riker after the games, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot more thoughtful than you ever see him get during the game. So it's like if you can elicit a little more of that McNabb in-game, you know, that, that's kind of a big win for everybody.
0: So hopefully that should work out you know, at least better than, than what they had in place before because, yeah. Altitude was a must-avoid, not at all costs, but a must-attempt-to-avoid for me the last couple of seasons. I, I got familiar with a lot of other teams' broadcasts, we'll put it that way.
3: Well, that's the tough thing because it's like their studio, the in-studio stuff was really good, I thought.
0: It's It's entertaining. Sometimes. It's,
2: it's it's tough, right? Because as an Avs fan, you want a partially biased Avs cast. Of course. You you don't want it to be like totally oblivious to all issues.
3: Yeah,
0: my problem with with the Altitude broadcast has never been that it's abs focused or abs biased, it's that it's biased in favor of everybody. No one ever makes a mistake. Everything is right. always great, good, or amazing. And you don't get any real you don't get any knowledge out of that. You don't get any insight out of that. You don't get any analysis out of that. Um, you you get just like, I, okay, I guess everything is good, so nothing is bad, so nothing is good either.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I you know that that goes along with sort of the, the analytics part I want to see from Peter. I mean, I just I want to see a little more critical thinking. Um, you know, I know they're not going to just tool rel- relentlessly on anyone, but you know, just just go a little bit more than totally superficial.
0: Right. Because there's other teams' broadcasts that you can watch and actually learn something about the way the Avs play hockey and go, well, yeah. th- this should have been on Altitude every night.
1: Right. But
0: adding Mark Mosier may or may not do anything in that direction. So I I may still be a, be a road broadcast watcher. Um obviously the everyone in abs nation is watching for pick 16 tonight. Um but first we have to get through pick 4. Um I think the expectation is that Ottawa is going to keep that pick,
2: right? it's I don't even think it's an expectation. It's like going to happen.
1: Yeah, 99% they're saying, which should be 99.999.
5: They're saying there's a chance.
1: I'm saying there's a chance.
5: I'm more
3: optimistic than that, but, I mean, it, it, it would be smart of them to, to give it to
1: the ABS, but, you know. Tell us why. Because we want Zadina. I mean.
0: Because
1: <laughs> I want it.
0: Maybe um,
2: asset-wise, like, five years from now, it's I, smart for them, but right now, how can, I just don't see how they can do it with their fan base that already hates them. And they have one, well, I guess two. They have a fourth-round pick at, like, 98 or something. But they have one other pick in the top 100 besides that one.
3: Is it really that
2: bad? They have no second. They have no third. It's bad.
3: Yeah. Wow. They were going guys. for it this year. That went well. <laughs> All about Like They drew it up. Oh, but they got two sevenths.
5: <laughs> Lucky number seven.
0: They have their Quite. They have their first. They have Pittsburgh seventh. They have their fourth. Their fifth. Their sixth. Their seventh. And New York's seventh. The Rangers, not the Islanders. um bon chance, mon me. I feel like my voice has no staying power at all tonight. Um, but I, I, the the uh, the argument in favor is left. left yeah, well, <laughs> it'll be a lot more sparse after this ends. Um, but once we get to uh, get through pick four, then we'll we'll be looking back and being like, oh, if that's who you're going to take, you shouldn't have even kept the pick because next year draft, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of that garbage. Um, I don't
2: think there's much. Like, unless that pick wins the lottery next year, I don't see how the abs do better than Zadina. I'll put it
3: that way. I mean, you know, if it's fourth next year, you could get a guy that's just as good. I mean – Now, I know right now Zadina looks pretty hot and everything, but it's, you know, it's a pretty temporal experience. I I think next year you could probably, you know, you could be just as happy with someone pretty close in the the draft lineup.
0: Yeah, because if I'm Ottawa, I'm definitely keeping the pick this year because even if you are the worst team in the National Hockey League, your best odds are fourth. Your best odds are to not change your draft position from this, so right. Like it, it, you. If any other team gets unlucky, suddenly you're looking at fifth, sixth, seventh.
2: Like, well, if if Ottawa ends up with the pick, they will find a way to guarantee fourth or better. I can promise you that.
3: But well, I mean, if they lose the lottery, I mean, if, if that pick wins yeah. the lottery. There's nothing they can do about that. Right, like they can't like they guarantee the better
2: than fourth, and you could probably do the research and convince me that next year's draft is better than this year's, but it's still a
1: really hard sell.
0: And that's kind yeah, you're of a not going to bet on yourself. That. I mean,
1: end not betting my... on yourself to be worse. It's like, hey, fans, come to our games, pay a bunch of money to see us suck. We don't even have our pick.
3: My logic for taking this pick and and giving it to the abs and, um, you know, realizing that, yeah, it might not be a better pick next year. Um, The thing is, they really want next year's pick. And, you know, there's no reason for Joe Sackett to even answer the phone when they call about it. So, you know, they're not going to get that back. Because you'd you'd have to wildly overpay for it. And when you're doing that, you may as well just, you know, whatever you're overpaying for it with, you may as well take that and turn it into more assets. So
2: from a strictly hockey standpoint, yeah, I agree with you, but it's still a business and that you just can't send that message to your fans, right? Like the team's already not been doing a great spot with their fans before the fiasco that has been this offseason for them. And like, that's
3: part two. It's just like how much worse could it look? I mean it <laughs> I mean seriously <laughs> you know I mean
2: it gets that much worse and all of a sudden it's the Quebec Senators
0: Yeah we're definitely <laughs> not getting into all that. We definitely do not have time tonight
3: um, but, but I mean seriously if, yeah. you know, if you're going to trade Carlson you've already traded hot You know Andy's asked for a, a trade you know, it's 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 just raining and pouring at the same time there. I mean, I, I think that the number four pick is really not going to make that much of a difference on how bad the team looks right
2: now. I will say, if they do move Carlson tonight and get, like, a first or two, it looks a whole lot better moving the fourth.
5: Yeah. Well, that depends on uh, how long this, uh, Duchesne decides he wants to play next season. You know, he kind of gives up around January.
3: <laughs> Whoa, that's kind of salty, Vlad.
5: <laughs> wow. I'm not. i saying anything that hasn't he hasn't said himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he
2: Street also thought that Otto error. was was better than he ever imagined. So, oops. <coughs>
0: And then what happened? Um, so, yeah, we're, one of my other questions was if Ottawa were to lose their head and give Colorado pick number four, who would we take? I think everyone already said Zadina.
2: I, yeah, I think that's a total no-brainer.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I think you'd have a good choice. whether, like, I'm guessing that Mon- You're in and out, Earl. I'm sorry, but I, I think the choice is between Zadina Dobson and I don't think you'd
1: go wrong either way. Zadina and Nate Dobson, is that what you're saying? Right. cat Close um. enough. Uh, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Even a bad option there. He has something to need too.
2: I just don't see how you can walk up to that podium and say we need goal scoring wingers and not take Zadina. <laughs> like
0: whose voice was that being like, cut in?
1: That was C-Mill. I think, I think I'm on the. I, I would pick Zadina, but I wouldn't be upset if they took Kachuk either, if they thought he was better. Sure, like he checks a lot of boxes,
2: and I he's just not the pretty pick. I'll put that put it that way for sure.
3: Yeah, my problem, I guess, is I've seen Ch- Kachuk play, and I haven't seen Zadina, so <laughs> I'd rather have him pick Zadina. <laughs>
5: Sight unseen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, so um, one um, one last question before we get into um, our second segment, which will be after the draft. Um, what do you want the Avs to accomplish with the 2018 draft overall? Um, what sorts of pieces are you looking at? What kind of philosophy are you looking at? Um, I think a lot of people's expectations started with get eight picks, and that's already been shot down the toilet. But... Uh, what
1: are you guys looking for tonight? To not have a good draft, an even year draft. Yeah, <laughs> have an odd year draft instead of an even year draft. <laughs> Just m- make sure you get an impact player in the first at least. Like, get a second line center or a second pairing defenseman at least, and find. Well, I was hoping to find two players in the second round, but at least get one somewhat impact player outside the first for once in- and. <laughs> Since Barry, I'm not expecting a Barry level player, but someone who can at least play 20 minutes a night on occasion. Yeah. For us in the second or third, or maybe draft a goalie that's not an overage from Europe who has an actual chance of becoming a starting goalie. <laughs> I just Then mean... we don't have to trade a second for
2: Drew Bauer. The first has now become so important.
4: And
0: it's a 16th yep. overall. Yeah. Which is kind and... of the dead zone.
1: And I know it's everybody a says... a magic well, pick lately, though, because you have the Barzil and Chickrens.
2: Yeah, 16 has been a great pick lately, but it's... Before, I know the second round doesn't produce a ton of NHLers, as everybody loves to tell me, but with the 47th pick in this draft, you were going to get a faller. So it may have yeah. panned out, it may not have but you had a little bit of backup if your first isn't everything that you wanted it to be. Now it's, it's swing with the first, and you better hit.
3: See, that's, my worry is that they're going to get more conservative, safe with the first round pick now. What uh, was that? Did somebody I sign? Had a no, I had a spaceship land in my backyard. Go, go
0: see if they can take us back in time and not get Brooke Sorbic on this roster.
3: <laughs> uh but yeah my, my worries is first round a little safe it might look you know it's sort of one of the the safe centers that don't score much and you know smile about it when they shouldn't be
2: yeah no if they if they take londestrom i'm leaving this cast and just never coming back <laughs>
1: He'll
0: retire forever.
1: That, that, that's my
5: that's my Denisenko. <laughs> re-
0: so Going uh, to retire from video. Eagles
5: reporter coming up next fall.
0: <laughs> re- retire from the Eagles. Just gonna play Rocket League all day every day. <laughs>
3: oh boy. Yeah, but, but I mean, Rudo, I think you're right. I I think it, it puts more pressure on the Abs to really have the the first round pick pay off, but they can't they can't do it in a safe way. So.
2: Right, they have to swing, and it's they could miss. That's the scary part.
3: I'd rather see him miss than get another guy that they've got ten of. Them. Oh, me too, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I hit up Jackie for her answers to some of this stuff um, before you know before she went to Dallas. She's actually on site tonight. Shout out to Jackie. Um, she kind of agreed with us on the other stuff about Ottawa keeping the pick and getting Zadina. Um, her wants in the draft are skill, coming home with no fewer than eight selections. Oops, and Rip. grab at least one Failure. of her. Grab at least one of her personal faves and one from the queue. I don't know why one from the
3: queue. I didn't question it
1: because she loves the because she loves the queue. Russians and Frenchies.
3: I want to I mean, I I want us to draft someone from the queue just because I was like watching games in the queue. Yeah, me too, oh, Joe uh, Yeah, Valeno. Yeah. <laughs> so is, are things
0: starting?
2: I mean, uh, they're starting, yeah. but we all already know that it's gonna yeah. be Dolan and then Svet.
0: Okay, I think you are T minus
5: four. I gotta get my stream up and going.
0: Yeah, same. All right, so let's take a break, and uh, we will see you guys on the other side of the draft on the recorded show. If you're listening live, of course, we're not going anywhere, but uh, this is the Burgundy Radio Podcast. Here's a few of the highlights from what happened during the draft last night. Last night? Whatever night it was. Here's some highlights from the draft.
2: So this... There's gonna this be... This is gonna be crazy. Yeah, there's gonna be already... some wingers available at 16. Other than, the, other
1: than the first two picks, this is not how it should've gone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Although, Barry Sanders is amazingly cool.
1: Think that grass, on Yes! Thank you, Rangers! Thank you! Yeah! That's one rushing off the board.
3: There's nice. gonna be someone really there's
1: good at 16.
4: Oh Thank there's,
2: you! There's gonna be Thank someone you. really, really good at 16.
3: Oh, man. Oh. I think the Avalanche are drawing to an inside straight here.
2: Dude, yeah, you're holding this pick close to your chest
1: now. Like... Now, someone just take Denisenko and the Avs cannot fuck it up.
5: <laughs> and then what happened?
4: <laughs> yes! They took Denisenko! Yes! Nice! Yes! <laughs>
1: Woo! Smith! 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 Or Volano. I won't get greedy. Either of them, I'm good.
2: They might have traded it. They're not getting up. There's 14 yeah, seconds left. that's what I'm left. saying. Their pick isn't in yet.
1: It's 10 seconds left and they're not getting up.
0: What happens if you go past the time?
1: They kill you. You, The next team makes the pick. If they are fast enough. Like, they're on the clock.
0: Has that ever happened?
1: They give you extra time. Couple times, I think. Time oh, runs out on the clock. After it's never, sitting at their it's table. never
2: easy with this team, man. It's never freaking easy. You have two gifts.
3: <laughs> you have two freaking gifts.
0: And it's hard to pick one.
3: They're all so good. I don't know what I want. Huh.
2: It's an even-numbered year, so I know they're going to fuck it up somehow. But The person is at their table saying, Hey, you guys missed your pick. Uh, hey, you know you guys are supposed to pick, right? You know you're
1: on a clock. Oh, we're supposed to pick? What? Oh. 16 for Skinner, or what did they trade it for? It was obviously traded.
3: <sighs> just to update my status, the... Teams allowed are allowed right a timeout, and
2: the abs have used theirs. What? <laughs> what? Well- <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's, it's
1: an even it's an even year it's, it just
5: is an even year timeout avalanche
1: alright it's in it's in here they go they made a pick yep so they better have been debating between Smith and frickin Valeno yep. and here comes maybe they'll take uh, Merkley okay we're making the pick I guess
2: yeah we're making it
4: it's happening
1: Ryan Merkley <laughs> oh
4: that would be... Just
1: the Smith or Villeno. Just give me something for once.
3: They know how cursed the 18 jersey is. Here like. we go. Oh, I that. shh, shh. That's so we have, true. We have to listen. Shh. Yes.
1: Are you fucking getting me caught? Alright. Ugh. What?
4: <laughs>
0: uh. Tell me who this
2: is. The guy with the heart condition.
0: Oh. I thought that meant, I thought that was like a one-off.
2: Yeah, it's, it's supposedly nothing.
1: Obviously, the abs think it's nothing. Ugh. Jackie's oh, well. Man. Maybe he won't have a heart attack on the ice. Oh, my God.
0: I, we're, we're back recording. AJ Haley has apparently interviewed Martin Cowell. Who said the Avalanche have great players? McKinnon, Ranton, Landis God, now me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Avalanche have won the draft. And welcome back to Burgundy Radio. It's the second? Second B? Third? I don't know. It's the last segment of the show. Joining us now um, back from the draft floors is, is Tiger Vixen. What's up, Jackie? Hello, I made it back in one piece. And we have Earl and Ruto with us again, and also the voice of Vlad, who did not get a proper introduction on the first part of the show. So, hello to Vlad. Hello! And shout out to Nathan, who joined us for the evening on Friday, but is not here today. I was really hoping my voice wouldn't do exactly what it's doing right now. Um, so... We never really heard from uh, from Jackie what her take was on the trade for Philip Grubauer, and I wanted to revisit that with a little bit of time and, and uh, distance from it to kind of look at some information on Grubauer and some time to process, and especially now that Brooks Orpic has already gone through unconditional waivers to be bought out. Um, so let's start with, with with Jackie's take on the trade, and then we'll kind of revisit it for those those of us that were here on Friday night.
6: Um probably is good you didn't get my initial reaction. Um I'm not a giant fan of trading picks for players and I'm I've also kind of come around on it and it it's especially helpful that our picks been bought out so we don't have to worry about that, which is a big factor in it. Um you know i understand the logic behind it i understand you know they were going to need to pick a goalie early which they did also anyway so basically they took their two second round picks and invested them in goaltending which you know is is something they needed to do but it drastically shapes their draft class by pretty much not having those seconds um Drew Bauer himself I, I admit I don't know a ton about him so I I do believe in what people say that he's he's he has upside he, he could be a potential starter so this is it's good that they're kind of getting someone close to that can obviously contribute in the NHL but could maybe take over the starter position I'm not sure if I quite buy in that they've completely decided that yet because the contract they gave him is nice, but that's not a real starter contract. So, I still feel like it's a bit more up in the air. Maybe others feel like it's been more resolved now. I So, it just all kind of depends. You know, I, I'd feel better about giving up picks if they did more to bring them in. Other than the every two or three year core player trade. So that's kind of where I'm at with all of that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree after some time for careful reflection that I, I initially hated it. Um, you know, but after, after Joe made his press conference and, you know, assured us that, that Brooks Orpic would not be donning an avalanche Jersey this coming season, you know, that, that did a lot for me, of course. Um, and just sort of seeing, they really worried about the goaltending situation. And and a lot of that is they have a young team and I think they want to have a young team, but they realize that it's very important to have really good goaltending that you can count on and not just one guy, but sort of, you know, a one through three, at least that you can count on to win you an NHL game when, when things kind of go South and rookies make mistakes. So, you know, if they're building towards not having to trade picks for a goalie in the future, like they've done with Barra and now Grubauer, then you know, great. Um, it, this is sort of taking care of a, a problem that's been around for years, and maybe this was just the year to do it.
6: They've kind of set themselves up up for it, just kind of how they manage the goalies. Yeah, they didn't. They only signed Bernier for one year, so they kind of set themselves up for this. In a way, they haven't drafted a high-level goalie. You know, they're only developing Martin. It was kind of like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> <Did you laughs> kind of like, 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 like this was the year they decided they had a need and they had to sacrifice some of their draft to address the need. So, I
3: mean, I wouldn't call trade. I-, I wouldn't call you know using their pick on um and and, then a a a bad you know a a bad use of a pick so it's like they took care of it and they used a high pick i know everybody thinks it was a little high of a pick to use on you know the guy they wanted but i you -hmm. know i i think every yeah a lot of people say like look if there's a goalie you want take him and yeah it's a little bit high that's great i do
6: feel like he's he's a high higher upside guy than they've got in a while it's just a yeah. combination of spending the second and then right. basically using yep. the other second.
2: Like, yeah totally agree there. If they had the forty seventh, then like no problem at all taking in it in there. Even even without it, I'm pretty okay with it. But uh, man, it, it's it's tough. You know, my initial reaction was calling this trade a three point five. Sitting here now, I think I can pretty comfortably call it a four point five. All but, right the margin like the margin is just so so thin like if we had traded the 58th instead of the 47th i'm probably sitting here calling it like a six or a six and a half because like 47 there were three four or even five still pretty high caliber players in this draft and by 58 they were gone so the avs traded back and got their goalie instead
3: what if they were going to do it anyway, and without the Orpic part of the deal, they had to end up giving away the 16th for Grubauer? I mean, how would I we would feel not... about that? Right. You just you don't know? do it then, right?
6: Well, the, I yeah, mean, yeah, what, what if they were just going to do
3: it no matter what? I mean, I, I, I sort of get the impression they were going to do something like this no matter what. And if, you know, if, if the 47th is the sacrifice rather than the 16th, then, you know. I yeah, guess it's it certainly sort could of have choosing been which kid you throw into a, <laughs> yeah. a sacrifice. I but. mean,
2: the do shades of good and bad, right? Like, I, if they gave up the first, I'd be sitting here calling that trade a two. So, <laughs> maybe I mean, a negative two.
6: They're basically going <laughs> to trade a pick for a player once a year, if we believe that they just can't resist, and they well, see it as a right. viable way to bring in players that they feel like they can't or an upgrade on the players they feel like they can sign on the market and they feel like they can use a pick to bring someone in. it it seems like this is something they, they feel like is one of their main strategies, which as I always say, I don't mind that I then just wish they were more aggressive in getting picks if, if that's the way they want to build the team. But if this is the one that they do, I mean, please, God forbid, do not trade a pick for a player on July 1st. (laughs) Or I will never do this podcast again because I will be so bitter. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but if this was the one to do it and it was only one pick and, and it, ma- it made sense why they did it. But it also kind of depends on what happens with Grubauer. Is he the next Martin Jones where he's the starter? Then you say, yeah, that was a great investment. I don't think he's going to be bare. I, I believe that he has a higher ceiling than that. But if he's just kind of like the backup, maybe a decent one, not really much better than Bernier, then why not just pay for Bernier?
2: Right. Like that's where I'm at calling it a 4.5 is if right now he's a serviceable tandem goalie, ah, was it really worth it? I don't know. We could in two years be saying this was a fantastic trade and Sakic looks like a genius.
0: See, here's the thing, I, I had been very drastically underrating Philip Grubauer because it, it's not that he might be serviceable, it's if you actually look at what he's done, he might be really good. Um, at, at 5v5, his save percentage is worse than, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 goalies, and in that three year span, none of them have played more than seven games. So, if you look at goalies who have actually played a decent amount, like, obviously, it's a backup, um, what's the workload? It's a backup's workload. He's only played 81 in that three years, but across that time span, I mean, that's your number one goalie for even strength save percentage in the National Hockey League. He's higher than Ranta, Sergei Bob- Bobrovsky, Corey Crawford, Devin Dubnik, Carter Hutton, Brian Elliott, UC Soros, James Reimer, like, every, everybody on this list is, you know, are, these are players that have, some of them have a lot more games than him, but some of them are pretty similar. But any, anybody that's had a better save percentage than Grubauer at 5v5 since 2015 has one, two, three, seven games. One of them's Roman Will. <laughs> Wait, only... I was
6: not expecting that.
0: No. Healy has 11 minutes, but it was a one thousand a percentage at five v five. So there you go.
3: It's, his, his. I thought he saved one out of three shots.
0: Well, <laughs> that, that was
3: on the PK. So
0: that, that was on the PK.
3: Yeah.
2: At five v
0: five, he stopped everything. So, but Grubauer's been outstanding and even strength. in light workload for three years. His uh, Gsaa has been very positive. Um, I had been underrating Grubauer quite a bit, frankly, and. Uh, <laughs> My main reaction to this trade was that, well, for one, I didn't think he was as good as he might be, and number two, this basically means Washington has the space to sign John Carlson, and I really wanted Colorado to get John Carlson.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's happening, Carlson. It's looks happened. Looks like eight and a quarter for eight years. So,
0: and they could not have yeah, done that without eight, Brooks on the roster. Um, you kind of have to remember that trades are competitive, too, and the New York Islanders had been rumored as, like, the destination for Philip Grubauer, and what did the Islanders have that Colorado didn't? Two first-round picks. So but they weren't willing yeah.
2: to give one up, obviously. Or, or they weren't willing to take on Orpic's money.
0: Exa- or, I mean, it might have been that they were willing to give up the one, and Colorado said, look, you can, you can take the one, or we can take Orpic off your hands. We well, have cap space for days.
2: There was a rumor out there that Carolina offered their second as well as taking on our pick, two, and their second was a bit higher, but uh, they wanted them out of the East, so that could have played in a bit.
6: It could
0: have. Yeah. If, if they're <laughs> that
2: high on group hour,
0: then surely could have.
6: I think they ultimately did not get a first-round offer. I think it's what uh, I. Yeah, I don't see how they was anyone implied. would have been willing to
2: do that for a maybe on a starting goaltender.
3: I mean, but, maybe like the Wings' thirtieth pick or something like that. But if they if they needed a goalie, which they do, but they didn't. But.
6: But I I like that they the or pick part of this deal. Uh, I like that they used cap space to, as an asset to help them get value in a trade where they wouldn't have had to have given up let's say both seconds or even the first Uh, it doesn't bother me that it's helping Washington sign Carlson because I didn't think it was happening for Colorado in the first place so the best
3: part of that is that none of our competitors in the central division got him
6: well that too exactly yeah I,
3: I love the concept
2: it still feels like giving up the 47th and taking on Orpik is a little pricey but I think he had the right idea at least
3: yeah, I mean, you know, w- with us knowing maybe half, three quarters of the story, it, it's it looks okay. I mean, it, it, it's one of those that I hope this looks a little bit better down the road. And I think, you know, I, I think this trade could grow on us a lot over the next couple of years. But it's just tough to love it right now.
6: It, yeah, it was... just all depends on on what Grubauer becomes. Like, yeah. like you mentioned, he he has that potential to be maybe a above average starting level goalie makes a big difference if he's just a backup or a decent 1b then maybe it's a little different
2: if you listen to 2a at all we all know the reason that tv actually doesn't like the trade is because we could have had cody clark at 47
6: (laughs) 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 well i mean that's that that was just crazy that Will be forever linked with Cody Clark. I suggested we have like joint custody, <laughs> maybe share him. In some I had him manner. at 78
3: in my mock draft,
6: too. Um, I don't think the Avs would have taken Clark. He probably did go maybe around higher than what was expected. So, to that extent, I don't feel like we gave up Clark. They probably would have picked someone else. They probably maybe would have even picked their goalie. Who knows? But that's just (laughs) probably would have just traded
3: it. They would have (laughs) traded it down again. I mean, it just seems like that was sort of the plan, and everything else be damned, you know?
6: Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's just funny that the guy that I I had really liked and talked about all year ended up going at our pick. And have you heard the story? I guess he wasn't at the draft. I, I didn't notice because my mind went blank at that point when they said it was clark and then i was looking at the discord he wasn't there did you guys hear the story no that his dad was mowing the lawn at their cottage like i have no idea why they weren't at the draft and clark runs out and says I've been picked at 47 just a funny story what?
3: yeah it's <laughs> like
6: your dad didn't even think you're going in the second round or what
3: and and he's a former nhler <laughs>
6: Could have been us, cl- could have been
3: us. That's classic. So,
0: but Diaz may not have had pick 47, which, I mean, obviously, as we're kind of hearing from this conversation, I rate that a little bit lower in pick value than y'all do. Um, but what they did have is number 16, and they took Martin Kaut. Was Martin. Martin. Yeah. M.
4: Kaut.
3: I, I like Kaut. You know, I was fine
2: with the pick when he took it, and this is another one that I've I've warmed up on. When you really start to dig into Kout, he checks a lot of the boxes that the Abs were looking for heavily in this yeah,
3: draft. So Yeah. I thought that was really funny in alive, though, because though. By taking BPA, they they satisfied a lot of needs here.
6: Is is this where I get to pat myself on the back that I called it that they were gonna pick him? Yes at four AM when I woke up on my way to Dallas I said, you know what, they're gonna take Kout because he, yeah, exactly. He basically fits all the criteria, what the abs want, the skating, the smarts, the competitiveness kind of, I wouldn't as maybe physical is not the right word, but just kind of like,
3: he can play defensively. Yeah. He's defensively, not going to get pushed around. Yeah,
6: Defensively. I, I think they really see he could be on the Miko path playing in the AHL and probably the NHL the next year. And, and the great thing is, is
3: there's just all kinds of room for him on the right side. And, and so it, it,
6: And he's a it's not too. a
3: situation where he, where he has to wait for like McKinnon to retire to get the top center <laughs> spot. You know, it's like, you know, he can come right in and be the second line right wing next year, maybe or not by next year. I mean, like 1920.
6: And I think maybe he got overlooked a bit. I, I don't know, because there were a lot of scouts and people out there that really liked him um, calling him one of the smartest players in the draft. And then, obviously, the heart scare maybe made people think that he's not going to be a first-rounder anymore. But it just, yeah, it was kind of an obvious abs pick. And, you know, I'm probably the highest on this pick. Maybe out of all of us, I didn't hear your reactions. But it, I was pretty darn thrilled when they picked him. And looking back in the board, there's nobody else I would have taken in the first round. I like Denisenko. I mean, from what the... When they took him, who was left on the board. I mean, I like Denisenko, but he went to Florida right before us. After that, I honestly don't see an argument for who they should have picked instead.
3: He's completely endearing in interviews, too. I mean, if you're going for
2: raw best player available, you could probably make a case for Smith, but...
6: I personally didn't like Smith, so I was kind of a little bit worried about that one. So, um... It did
0: end up coming out that Colorado didn't trade their pick like it looked like they were gonna. They didn't almost lose it because they lost track of time. They, they thought that there was something happening on the stage and the NHL came over and were like, why haven't you made your pick yet? And Joe was like, why haven't you run your feature yet? <laughs> and the NHL said, what feature? And Joe said, oh... <laughs> that one.
6: <laughs> well, I had no idea. I thought they were in a commercial or something. Like yeah, they were just sitting there, but they but it looked like they weren't, you know, discussing or doing anything. They were just chilling. So I thought they were just in a commercial or something. I didn't think there was like like a... what the abs doing.
0: <laughs> we were losing our minds.
6: <laughs> it's probably a good thing because then I would have worried that they would have traded it or whatever. But.
0: Alright, so the first round, obviously the Islanders had had two picks that they used to shore up their blue line for the foreseeable future. And Detroit picked up both of the big fallers in uh, Zadina and Valeno. Was there anybody else that y'all were blown away with in the first round off the top of your head?
6: Um, I called DeLandria being a good pick. I would not have guessed that he went to 13, but... Um, wouldn't August a lot of eight? things
0: about
3: this first round yeah yeah.
0: but I always I mean, said
3: hate, if, hating if it at 5 was just like yeah. oh my god Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, did it again was...
6: <laughs> 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 poor Vlad oh, yeah. poor,
3: poor Vlad
6: but uh yeah I think Delandre at 13 was a big surprise
3: yeah it was
0: and then of course Kyle Dubas I don't know where I get this reputation for being the trade down guy trades down
6: <laughs> i also think it's hilarious the genius dubist took five players from the ohl and two from sue saint-marie like, way to go out of the box drafting right <laughs> everyone thinks oh he's gonna have know somebody that plays in like botswana that's like <laughs> gonna be the next hall of famer nope the guy minds the ohl which you know, it's fine, but
0: <laughs> they may all be good. Who
6: knows? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I, I wouldn't call this the, the progressive next level of drafting.
2: No, um, on the other side, I don't think the Rangers did particularly well with their picks.
3: Yeah, they they were kind of Bruinish, weren't they? And they're trading
0: too. Well, they had three.
3: Where were the
5: Bruins in the first round? round.
6: Um, let's Well, I'm Trying to remember off the top out. of my head who it was. The Bruins
5: didn't yeah. have one because they traded yeah. it to, they traded it for the Rick Nash deal.
6: Yeah. Is that would have worked. I feel like I like their pick at the second, but I can't remember who it was right now.
2: Well, they traded up to get Miller.
6: Oh, no. Oh, you I mean can't. the I Bruins? Like
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. I forget who the Bruins took in this I,
6: I understood, um, trading up for Miller. He's definitely one of those high upside guys. They're, they were the ones that took Kravsaw, right? Yeah.
0: As we just heard on the second segment, yes.
6: <laughs> hey, I haven't slept in like three days. I don't remember all these things. Uh, and you
0: didn't hear the second segment either, so...
6: <laughs> um, just trying to think of any other surprises. I mean, it just... To me, it felt like they were avoiding the CHL. Now, I know it wasn't like the a strong year at all for the WHL. The OHL was kind of meh, but there was still a lot of players that were expected to be first-rounders and just weren't. It just seemed like you're going to Sweden, which there are a lot of Swedes and stuff. But when they're taking, like, Bernard Docker out of the AJHL and they took O'Brien out of Massachusetts High School, you know, it, it definitely feels like teams are trying to look in different places and and maybe for strategic advantages in other leagues which we do not have the time here to get into but um... well I,
3: I wanted to ask this question to you all it's like do you think that there's now becoming a disconnect with people It sort of you know not not the way that bob mckenzie does it because he basically just talks to scouts so he should be pretty up on it but even he was kind of way off um but do you think there's a disconnect between a lot of the the big time pundits of the scout world and what NHL teams are thinking as far as where they can find value in the draft.
4: Yeah,
2: only yeah, I... because
3: like let's face it, most
2: of the big pundits are out of Canada, right? What's easy to get to in Canada? Canadians. Canadian juniors. Right.
3: Well, it's like... just sort of we've always, you know, we've always picked everybody out of the CHL and a few other guys from other places and it just it seems like that's not the way that teams are thinking now.
2: It, teams have more access to European leagues than they've ever had before. You know, for a long time, you drafted Euros from the tournaments, and that was it. These days, you have scouts out there going to their league games, going to their playoffs and things like that, and it's it's a lot more information that the actual scouts are getting. The pundits don't have time to go to Russia and watch the Russian juniors play.
0: What do you mean they don't have time? Yeah. What else do they have to do? Tell us <laughs> I mean, lies on Twitter. Get on a plane, damn it.
6: And maybe the CHL rules <laughs> where teams don't kind of want to be dictated when and where they can put their players, maybe that yeah. that's having an impact too. Um, there's more and more of these tournaments. You know, it used to just be the World Juniors, and if somebody made the World Junior team, good for them. But, you know, now the U18s on TV, the Holenka is kicks off the whole season. I mean, this year there was the Junior A Challenge in the Five Nations that made an impact on where some of these guys were picked and those are not like the, the high level tournaments, but, but they're heavily scouted and it does have a big impact.
3: And I think it's really great to see that. I mean, I know it's sort of a rare year for the U S national team development program, but I mean, they had a really kick ass class. Um, And, you know, I think more than luck that says that, you know, American players are starting to, you know, really make an impact as far as, you know not just your grinders out of college but that you know they're developing skill there as well.
0: Well that's been a trend for a little while. Um uh, Yeah, but
3: just this many in the in the first round, you know. Yeah, it's just I mean,
0: continuing it's, the trend, but yeah, it it is kind of a ramping up for sure. And they got more on the way next year too. And and yes, the best Canadians are playing in the National Hockey League, but the US have been getting the better of Canada at the international junior events too.
3: Yeah, it just seems like, you know, Canada's sort of market share of the NHL players just gets smaller and smaller each year. And I mean that's you know that's sort of a correction that's been happening for 50 years but
6: um well they don't have to play in the CHL either. Like they can stay in junior A. There's a lot of them that go to college now. Yeah. There's there's other avenues for those Canadians as well.
2: And you know it is worth noting that a lot of the Euro leagues have had like A big rise lately. Finland's kids that grew up with Solani are now all graduating. And Finland had had a really good draft class this year as well. You have the the Czech revival, as everyone is calling it, starting with Zadina and working its way down, including Kaut. So a lot of the, the Euro leagues seem to really be having a new crop of young players that are coming in stronger than ever.
3: And for a long time, people, you know, not not just sort of certain teams avoided Russians, but basically all the teams avoided Russians for a long time. And now it's, you know, it's a it's a hotbed again.
6: I guess that's the, I guess that is one surprise from the first round that both Denisenko and Kravtsov went in the top 15. Which, you know, they had the hype, but I was like, the the Russian factor is still there for some teams that still do not take Russians, but. They they did go high, so that was a little bit of a surprise.
3: And they, what is it? They have four more in the top fifty as well. You know, it used to be like you know, like save some picks in in your second half of the draft for taking a chance that some dude will come over at some point. But you know, outside of just like the wildly skilled players that are definitely coming over, I see you know picks in the second round and late first and stuff like that. So it, it seems like people are you know starting to get the knack of of figuring out how to make use of um the talent there. Yep.
0: And uh Colorado obviously then traded out of the second round and started picking up European talent immediately in the third. And the the rest of the of the way they picked up what three Russians in a row <coughs> to close things out.
3: Only they one sure CHLer. Or... he was an overager that's ready to turn pro. Yeah.
0: And it was picked in the fifth round, not at 32. <laughs> <laughs> so, 64 overall. Colorado traded back from 58. They traded back eight spots to add a fifth rounder, which is sure. Um, and they pick up Eustace Annen, a goalie from Finland. And do we know he looks like he's 6'4", so there's some, some of our prominent members are going to like him right off the bat.
3: Let he's me, big for sure. What
0: do we know about this guy?
2: Um, he's, he's really strong. I mean, at least for against his peers, he helped Finland win the U18s uh backstopping them there. And you know, I wasn't too impressed with his his junior league stats, but his playoffs were absolutely insane. I think he posted like a 935 save percentage and won the goalie of the playoffs or
3: whatever that award is in finland the Pekarene award yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like this a lot and actually um you know jeremy um the goalie giant who is is on our discord a lot and then also on twitter which you should probably follow if you're into goalie t- goal goaltending um he was nice enough to allow us to use his pre-draft look at and, and, uh, as an article on the site. So, uh, it's a little technical, um, reading it. I, I got a lot of it, but some of it is you know, a little over my head as far as, you know, reverse VH and impact and stuff like that. But, um, it's, it's pretty favorable. Um, you know, he, he's going to, he's probably going to spend a, a few years in Finland at least, uh, next year he has an outside shot at maybe being a backup, in the top league, probably going to be in the second league. Um, but, you know, he's on a good path over there. and I, I, You know, he just – he looks like a, a talented guy that was a good pick.
6: Yeah, this year was a lot of – a lot of diff- differing opinions on who the top goalies were. But I knew of him that he was one of the, the higher thought of goalies. Uh, so I didn't think it was too early to take him, I figured – They needed to get their guy, especially after they moved back into the third round. And I didn't mind the trade back. We've been wanting them to do that and actually want to get extra picks for a long time. So for me, it, it was great because they didn't move back that far. It's not like they moved back 20, 30 or more spots. Just a couple spots and get an extra pick is great.
2: Yeah, they yeah, were taking I and mean that... in either way, right? It was a free fifth round yeah. pick, basically. And Heppel,
6: yeah. Heppel said it worked out that their trade back worked out, so I'll believe them that basically they got whoever they wanted or one of the two or something. Because I don't, I don't think they would have taken Rodriguez personally. I I think they like the Euro model, I, even though Heppel says all he cares about is do they stop the puck. I don't really believe him because <laughs> <laughs> they're still all big and they're all, still all European. I think they just don't want to have to sign a guy in two years.
3: I mean, I they, can understand that. I mean, it's it, that's just not enough time. It looks like. I mean, it, yeah, it looks like goalies. a twenty-year goalie, a twenty-year-old goalie. You just don't even know anything about.
6: Right. So basically, the only thing you can do at that point is just sign him and play him in the ECHL because you still have no idea what they can do. So, right. so I like that they went for a higher upside goalie here and. um we knew that they were going to pick one probably higher sets. So it's just in combination with the group, trade kind of use how you, how they used those, those higher picks. But if you're just looking at him and the pick itself, I, I think it was a good pick. I, there's some opinions out there that it was a little too high. I just, that's when goalies start going off the board. It's not like they use like 30 uh, on this guy. Like, Goalies start going late second, early third. That's where you have
3: Other than the Rangers off the board pick at 39. I mean, you know, Rodriguez started it at 62, two picks before the Avs took Ananen. And then, you know, they all started going after that.
6: Yeah. So I, I don't feel like they gave up value there at all. So um, it's just something they needed to do. And, you know, we're glad to have a, a higher upside talent. And, just uh as an aside to tell the story, um Ananin was staying at the hotel that I was staying at. So I got to see him a couple times. I gave him congratulations. And then he was, he was it was either his dad or his agent like, This is the best finished goalie in the NHL. You know, he was just like <laughs> proud and happy. <laughs> That's awesome. And um so yeah, I saw him that afternoon. And then I also saw him this morning uh, leaving the hotel. It looked like he was leaving with all his hockey gear, so maybe he's coming to Denver or whatever. But so that was cool that I kind of got to meet him, see him in person, and um, just kind of made it all that more real, you know, when you get to see these guys out in the real world. Yep,
3: it's probably cool for him for someone to recognize him when he comes to Dallas, <laughs> of all places, right? <laughs> he's in a hotel, it's almost like, Hey, congratulations on being drafted by the Avalanche. It's You're that guy. Of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like expected
4: pick
0: value, from from fifty eight to sixty four, sure, that's not that big of a difference. And then from even from the third round on, it's not that different between any picks. So I mean it it's really hard for me to accept that anything is picked too high once you get into the
3: third round. And it got us a free smoking Danny Z.
0: Smoking Danny Z. We're gonna get to oh, Danny yeah, Z. Yeah, we'll get to him.
3: <laughs>
0: also in the third round, also from Finland, although playing in the USHL, the Avalanche pick up left-wing Sampo Ranta. This is another one who's 6'2", playing for Sioux City. He's headed to the U- University of Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, he's, he's an interesting one. You know, I think I'm higher on him than a lot of people probably are, because... The the knock on him is that he's just dumb as rocks. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) But I don't don't think that's necessarily true. Like, I don't see that where other people do. I see uh, he doesn't want to go to the net front. He doesn't want to work in the corners. But I don't think that's necessarily a symptom of his hockey sense. I think that's just something that he hasn't done on the ice. And that's why I think going to the NCAA is good for him because... You're going to have to
3: do that there. They'll teach you to grind. You betcha. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, do you think that there's sort of a bias against, uh, you know, not just him, but just sort of anyone out of the USHL just because you watch USHL footage compared to, you know, any other league of players of that age and just kind of like, what the hell is this?
6: Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> the offense is depressed there for some reason and I'm not sure really why if it's just a talent level thing or I, I don't know but it just for some reason the USHL is not an offensive league. And I wouldn't say it's because it was fantastic defense either. Um
3: it's very yeah. systemic it looks like to me.
6: I think uh Ranta's an interesting pick. He is kind of in the vein of Cam Morrison, but you know, this was a pick that was made 40 picks later than Morrison, so it seems more of a maybe an appropriate area to kind of take uh, a chance on a guy that maybe has tools but needs to put it all together. Um, he's a better skater than Morrison. It, Ranta has a lot of good attributes. He has a good shot. He loves to shoot. He's a good skater. He has a good size. It's just a matter of... Yeah, it's just him kind of figuring out how to put all that together at once.
2: He needs to learn what defense is, too. It, it, it doesn't exist in his game.
3: Yeah, and, and again, the, the NCAA seems to be the perfect place to learn that.
2: Right, I, I agree. Sure. I really like that he'll learn a lot of that stuff there. Um, I, I'm interested to see how his passing does at the next level. Like His shot is definitely good enough to advance on. I think with the puck, his play is fairly good. He's, his playmaking is good enough for the USHL. We're going to see at the NCAA level if he can translate it.
6: There were, I watched that shift-by-shift shift you made and there were a couple, especially on the power play, that I thought were really good passes. So
2: Yeah, I agree. With that little bit of extra ice, he can make the pass, but he also had a couple where he just, like, behind the back, backhand to, like, no one.
6: So
3: <laughs> so is but that then... how we ended up with more goals than assists for the past two years? <laughs> Maybe
2: he ended up with more we... goals than assists because that team is awful. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's why I necessarily <laughs> trust that he was the one that made the oofs. maybe someone was supposed to be there Um, so I have another story about Sampo as well the first night that I rode down from the hotel was with his billet mom and she was telling me about how um, they thought he might go in the first round and this and that and um, she was just so proud and (laughs) <laughs> talking about what a great kid he, he is and everything. So it was neat to, you know, meet a billet mom of a player. So then, you know, obviously the second day rolls around and we take him. So I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. So then um, I walked back in the hotel and she was there. Uh, he was not, but, um, you know, it was neat to uh, connect with her again after we had picked him. And I said, oh, I'll definitely be following his career and let her know about Burgundy Rainbow and everything. So, you never know.
2: Cool. I'm sorry I called your kid dumb as rocks.
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't say that. You said that's what
0: the perception is.
3: <laughs> that's true. I think he's smarter yeah. than that. <laughs> I saw someone say that somewhere. <laughs>
6: <laughs> but So that was just another neat neat part of uh, going down there to the draft.
0: So that rounds out the Avalanche Top 100. Um, Ranta, Ananen, and Martin Kalt forwards and then their goalie but forwards
6: no I'm okay I'm okay with that because uh, you know AJ had mentioned when he was doing the simulations that the defense just really thinned out and then I started doing them and I saw that was definitely the case they're just uh, and then especially moving out of the second round they're just really wasn't much left and I didn't want I, th- it th- I think it was the right call to take uh, a forward at sixteen. I I do too. Th- their, their best options would have been maybe Smith and Miller. That just I m- much prefer Kout to those two. So um, it just it just wasn't a draft for defense. So
2: I mean, it was a draft for defense, but just not well, at not 16. At our- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not at our- this
0: Yeah, just only out one. <laughs>
6: I mean, if we had kept 47, I really would have wanted Kaelin Addison. He's the one that I think is going to be kind of like the next Kale Clegg next year and kind of be on that trajectory. But, you know, we'll see. And and Nicola Bodan going in the first round, he was kind of a maybe a little favorite or a target of ours. And it was cool that he went in the first round. I, I think that's really awesome, especially a kid from the queue and everything. And he'd yeah. been such a riser. So that was neat to see but we definitely weren't getting him.
2: You got to get on your soapbox about how Chicago's the only team to pick people from the queue.
6: <laughs> they they must be the only ones scouting the queue. Yeah, I haven't gone through every team's draft uh draft hit, like uh list from what they ended up with. But yeah, I think Chicago maybe ended up with the most queue players, that's for sure.
3: I think 20 were taken from the queue. 20 or 22, something like that. And I think 20 were taken from the dub
6: I think Chicago maybe has at least five, I think, from the queue.
3: Yeah, you take away the goalies from the
2: queue and that number gets a little smaller.
6: Yeah. So with
0: their fourth rounder, number 109 overall, Carl will take Tyler Weiss, who is a, we'll say forward because he's got a couple of positions listed out of the U.S. National Team Developmental Program. What can you all tell us about
3: Tyler Weiss. He's from beautiful North Carolina. Yeah,
2: right next to Earl's hometown. (laughs) Four (laughs) hours away, but yeah, he's close. Right next
3: to it. Just down the road. (laughs) You're going to be
6: our source. You're going to be our source on (laughs) him.
3: We took two kids from Raleigh.
6: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, when when is that ever going to happen again?
3: Yeah. I mean, I like I like Weese is
2: the type of pick you take just outside the top hundred, right? You just go, yeah. all right, YOLO on a kid, kid with a bunch of skill, and you know maybe he puts together the missing pieces of his game and it works out.
6: Is it Weese or is it Weiss?
2: I'm pretty sure it's Weese based on is the it? the U.S. Uh, announcer geez. says Weese.
6: Oh geez, that's gonna be hard for me to say. Weep. Yeah, it took it's me. Not, in. it's not how I would say it. Nope.
2: <laughs> in my video, I I recorded like seven clips of me yeah. saying "weiss" that I had to do over.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard "weiss" as well. So, um,
0: skilled player who still may be growing and hasn't put it all together quite yet.
6: Yeah, I think yeah. he was one of the lightest. I think he might have been the lightest kid at the combine at 150 and. Yeah, quite Not
2: literally, good. still growing,
6: and and he knows that that he needs he needs to put on weight. There there was a big feature article in the Athletic. If anybody has um, a subscription, there is a really nice article um, about about his background and how his brother gave up hockey because they could only really afford uh, for one to play, and um, just kind of like his journey and definitely for a non non traditional place, and I think he had to play in New York or New Jersey at some point then, uh, maybe even Toronto as well, and um, um, and he knows that he needs to get stronger and put on weight, and that's why going to college will be good for him. Um, there, there's a lot of people out there that, that feel like there's some high upside in him. Uh, he's, a, he's a smart player, good skater. It's just... For him, it's just a matter of getting that strength and maturity. so so I agree especially at this point when you're out of the top 100, you can find a kid with with the upside that Weiss has um, and then you you have four years or whatever to sign him. it's It's kind of like the perfect scenario.
2: Pretty much like it he has to prove it, but you know if he can not become Rocco Grimaldi, then maybe you have something.
6: He's, He's not 5'11. that short at least yeah so. and He's plus like he 5'11. i mean he
3: like he lost 7 pounds at the the under 18 tournament cuz he didn't like the food mm. and or he was sick too <laughs> yeah, exactly you know so it's like all right so <clears throat> you know if he gains if he gains that back which he should and then goes through college and you know puts on 10 15 pounds which is reasonable in a couple of years then you know. So
2: Agazino, then, if you want to call it that, it's just it, <laughs> his type of player is hard to find a role in the bottom six in the
3: NHL. Like he needs well, he to learn of at least a middle six kind of guy. Yeah, I'm I'm counting on the good old NCAA to teach him defense as well.
6: <laughs> well, and he's five eleven, so there's it's not like he's like tiny, tiny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just just yeah, beanpole.
2: <laughs> right. It's it's a question of. How much, if any, of his, I've used elusiveness in the past, I guess, uh, is he going to lose? If he puts on 30 pounds and gets up to 180, is he still going to be able to dance around defenders and
3: things like that? That's the big question, you know?
6: Yeah. Yeah, he can't get too big because then that's not who he is. But yeah, you hope he can get at least up to like 180. Well,
0: we'll see if if he makes that or not. Um, in the fifth round, Colorado picks up their, um, you know, their required overager for the draft. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you mean next year's Eagles Death Center? <laughs>
0: From uh, Ontario and the O.H. There, oh, there it says Hamilton Bulldogs. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Bra- Brandon, unpronounceable last name. Sajin. Sajin. Sa- Sajin. Is it yeah. Sajin or
2: Sajin? Yeah.
0: Sajin. Because or... I'm, I'm calling him Saigon no matter what his name is. Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> time he scores a
2: slap or a bomb from Saigon, it's too good. <laughs> oh, yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah, I probably would have said Saigon as well, but there was something I read where it very particularly said it's Sajin. And then I think – well, like I remember watching him against...
3: yeah, I watched, yeah, I remember watching him against Timmy in the finals of the OHL.
0: Well, so it just depends yeah. on what kind of player he is, then, because if he scores, it's a bomb from Saigon. But if he gets in a fight, he's the raging Sagen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. So straight to the um, Eagles, he, we think. He he just turned yeah. twenty, so he's you know he's a double overager. <clears throat> and actually, Alan Heppel said that if he thought about drafting him last year, and, and you know he he had had some problem. He had a, I guess he broke his arm his his uh, draft year. So he's he's just sort of been on the radar for a while, and um, you know this this looks like something that they've you know they, they kind of want to fill out the roster with young kids down in, in Loveland, and this this is a guy that had an extremely good uh, OHL playoffs, um, scored eighteen goals in twenty two games, and <clears throat> you know that you know it checks off enough boxes that it works. Um, yeah.
6: It it seems like he'd been on the radar. The way Heppel talked about him, like yeah, they knew about him. And then I read a couple things where it was like he was getting attention. Like he he knew he was probably going to get drafted. So this isn't necessarily like the Avs just kind of threw a pick away to get an overager. I mean, if you like the guy, you we're talking about a fifth here. So this is this is why I like having extra picks because. You could do things like this. You can make sure you get the kid that you want to sign that you see with the Eagles. Because if you think about it, like, like when you take an overager, like, the reaction is, like, oh, great. You know, the upside's not really there. You kind of already know what the kid is. But if you think about it, if you're taking just any old fifth-round CHLer, you, you probably have, like, a 50-50 chance you'll even ever sign the kid. So... Yeah. them taking a guy they already know they want to sign and have in the AHL is like kind of the best case scenario of who else you would take in the fifth round.
3: I and mean, then it's the also, kind of guy you, you'd want to have as a camp invite, but obviously there was probably, you know, they probably knew there was other interest in him. Yeah. And, you know, when you score 18 goals in, in the OHL playoffs, you're going to have that. But, you know, it's like they had the extra fifth, so go ahead and use it, and now you know you've got him.
6: And then... There's other things that they could do because they hold his rights. They don't necessarily have to offer him an ELC for him to play with the Eagles. He right. could just play on an AHL contract. You know, It seems like they really like the kid. I think they'll probably just sign him. But there are other options here um, for them because they they made the draft pick. So, so kind of like the initial reaction was maybe like, eh, it's not that exciting. But then you see the logic of what they're doing here and – if the goal is to have more more young guys with the Eagles, that's fantastic. So I think uh if anything else, you, you get a good AHL player with maybe some upside, that's that's probably good for the fifth round.
2: Yeah, my my only concern with him is he's at this point in the draft he started to feel a little bit redundant. You have Kout who six two power forward, good shot, Sampo. Six-two power forward, good shot. Sagen, six-two power forward, good shot. Like he—he's he's not really bringing anything that the other guys in the draft are not bringing. But again, you know, with if the fifth-round pick, you take a wild shot on this guy is, if you think he has some skill.
6: I think he's a center, or at least Heppel said.
3: Yeah, he's a center. He—he's
6: a
2: center, center and has played
3: some left wing. Yeah. If—if if he was right shot, I'd say wow. Um, but even just being a left shot and, and throwing him on the pile with the the twenty other left shots
6: <laughs> yeah. we
3: have down there, um, you know, I I can't yeah. see I, I can't see him turning into Vogel Huber really soon.
6: I think it was a matter of they liked the kid. I don't. Yeah. If someone had taken him, I I think maybe they just would have looked at something completely different entirely. Well.
0: They did look at something completely different entirely with their fifth-round pick from Pittsburgh, which they picked up in the uh, trading down out of the second-round deal. Say his name. I will say his name. (laughs) Danny Z. Danny Z. Yeah, Colorado's (laughs) remaining three picks all came from the MHL, which, as, uh, of course, everyone knows, is the second league in Russia. So with number one forty is it, is it it's junior, their junior or
3: is it it's like a junior yeah. is it a junior
4: okay
6: the vhl is their ju- is their second league oh. the is hl but they don't send guys there to develop the vhl yeah. is for like
4: to it's go the to be Gulag forgotten. HL.
0: <laughs> well i
2: mean Zulov played a little bit in the vhl this year but
0: so yeah number 146 overall Danila zurov <laughs> nice <laughs> he played for well ibis kazan which i can do <laughs> the only defenseman Colorado picks up is Danny Z, and uh, I don't know how much we're going to know about these guys from uh from from good old Russia.
6: A little, but, but except for the seventh rounder, I I have no idea. But that's because the seventh rounder isn't real. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, yeah, that's a made up person for sure. <laughs> we'll get to that. But, the cool uh, thing about Danny Z for me is he is the fourth guy um, out of all these picks today uh, of the second day that played at, at the under 18 worlds. Um, he, played he was it the only one that didn't, game. yeah, he didn't, he, he was the only one that didn't get a medal, um, but. did you know, have he five had,
0: assists in five games.
3: Right. That's you know, better if, than a medal. It, it, it seems like, you know, that that was something that sort of solidified their thoughts on some of these guys.
6: I think I read he played at everything, like the Five Nations, the Junior A Challenge, yeah. Linka, and under eighteen. So, this it is a guy hit, he, that... He did
3: something like 27 games internationally or something <laughs> last year. It was a lot. Yeah. So, this
6: this is a guy that I think might be on definitely on the World Junior track.
3: Yeah, there's, you know,
2: with a little bit of digging, if you search his name on YouTube, you can find a couple of highlights out there, actually, which surprised me, but... Uh from what I gathered from that, he is he looks like he's got a pretty decent shot from the point. Um he's a little bit on the smaller side for a defenseman, so I definitely think it's it's more of an offensive minded pick, but it's, yeah, it's hard to tell. Like no. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I think he's at least six foot, so we're not talking like very small here. Yeah,
2: but he was like one sixty five or something.
6: Yeah, so and and I agree, he's definitely probably an offensive defenseman and This seems like a sneaky good pick because there is upside here. And, you know, I I don't know. Maybe he's a guy they could get to come over if if he can do the the Igor next year. Or uh, I'm going to be curious to see if (laughs) uh, any of these guys go in the CHL import draft.
3: Yeah, he might be a great candidate for that. um, Because he seems to be able, you know, like being the kind of defenseman that he is... And being on the international radar as much as he's been, um, you know, it's like the CHL teams would be aware of him even before, like being suggested. Maybe you might look at this guy by the Avalanche staff. Um, And
6: I'll have to listen to that Heppel chat again, but it seemed like he was optimistic about him maybe coming over or something. I don't know. I hope so.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I I think I think they knew all everyone except for him and Schmackov were were going to be at the dev camp for sure.
6: Which that's cool, yeah. That name um, is awesome.
3: It
4: is.
6: <laughs> but but I I think this is a sneaky good upside pick here. I I think this could be like the eagle pick and uh he does go on the Duchesne trade tree along with uh
3: Sampo or no? Yeah. N-N-N. Yeah. yeah,
6: so uh that's kind of an interesting wrinkle there
0: in the meantime in the in the sixth round, we stay with Russians, although earl has got this one written in his write up as Russia slash North Carolina, which is interesting
3: <laughs> well, he was born in North Carolina, even though he only lived there for a year, so he's an American uh, from Russia, yeah <laughs> uh, his dad was a former avalanche and nordique um
0: 171 Nikolai Kovalenko.
3: yeah, his father was Andre uh, Kolenko, who was traded for Patrick Waugh. Um, so thanks and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I you know it's like it, you, you can't know much about these guys, but uh, you know Heppel's comment was he might have been the fastest skater in the whole draft, and so I mean that that piques my interest, if nothing else. It's-
0: He's listed at 5'10", so he's got to do something good. This pick, yeah. to me, it it
2: just screams Igor 2 Russian Boogaloo to me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he's the same type of player, playmaking center. He's a little bit smaller, but, you know, he's on the same kind of trajectory. He got into a couple of KHL games this year, and he was actually at the draft, so he obviously has some interest in coming over.
6: Yeah. And if he's at development camp, which you'd figure he would since he was at the draft, that surprised me when I saw pictures of him. I was like, "Oh, hey, he was at the draft." That's that's pretty and his, cool. And it's his ambitious. interview was
3: cute. I, you know, he he did his interview. They asked they asked him questions in English, which he understood, but he spoke in Russian. Um, I I only caught a a few words. Like he wanted to work hard, and he thought Denver was a, a beautiful city, but.
6: Uh, oh yeah, that's neat. I haven't, yeah, I wondered if, if we could get a translation on that from somebody because, yeah, that, yeah it pretty much was all in Russian. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: and they didn't have a translator there. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't know why they put it on the website, but it was cool. Um, but, it, but yeah, it, I, I think this could be, you know, like Rudo was saying, that this could be a guy that, that's kind of jacked up to play in, in North America pretty soon could be and he's from
0: the locomotive Yaroslavl system with their youth team which is imaginatively and originally titled
6: loco (laughs) Yaroslavl. yeah you would think with the Avs ties here that and he was at the draft that they have a pretty good idea what what they could get with him so that's that's pretty cool
3: and and kovalenko obviously would know um you know, his dad would be friends with guys like Valery who's been whose son has been helping the Avs in Russia, and, and as well as Alexei Gusarov. You know, they they all played together. So this is something that, you know, I, I'm sure they probably had an idea that the Avs were interested before the draft.
0: Maybe so. And then to finish things out, both in Russia and in the seventh round and in the draft, um, at two oh two two overall, Joe stands up to go put in his pick for Amil Makov. And Craig Billington doesn't care for this idea, and just says "Shamel off. And Joe goes, "Oh, is that his name?" And that's who the Avalanche picked.
6: They've, as a side note, they basically spent the whole seventh round like talking to somebody in the stands. I don't know if he's an agent or whatever, but that was all helpful what? by that point. Like nobody was even at that table. <laughs> Bill, Billington had been gone for like a whole round at that point, so
5: Russian I think they goalie. were doing
6: something, but they did, they definitely uh let Hepel run the show by that point.
0: They were going, "Hang on a second, is this guy actually 6-6?" <laughs> exactly.
6: <laughs> but but they don't prefer big goalies, right? <laughs> just a coincidence. Just just how how the board fell, right?
3: Right. Uh, yeah. I you know, just for, just from the numbers, this guy looks interesting yeah. because he's 6-6. He had some really good MHL numbers neck last year which you know, I can't really interpret, but it's better than bad at MHL numbers. Well, tell us it,
0: where he played uh, in the MHL.
3: Sibirsky, Snapery Nova Sibirsk. Um, and that's in, you know, that's in the middle of nowhere, Siberia. So this could be a guy that was just t- on no one but the Avs radar. This could have been something like, you know, one of the Avs guys in Russia is like, look, you, this kid out in Siberia, you know, nobody's going to know about him, but you might want to take a look. Um, All right.
2: If you have the stones to be a goalie in a place called the Snipery. <laughs>
3: <laughs> in Siberia, next to the gulags.
6: <laughs> yeah, hopefully HEPA will uh, maybe shed a little bit of light on yeah, just uh, how they found this guy. It's interesting to me that the what was thought of as the top Russian goalie available, and I don't know if any other Russians... Goalies, other than, than Shmakov, is that what we're calling him, was taken? But anyway, Miftakov uh, was considered the top Russian goalie, and even Pronman had him rated as the number one goalie in the draft. Ooh. Did not huh. get drafted. Well, that's something. So, I mean, the Avs could have taken him... Obviously at, at at this pick, and they went with the guy that they went with. So, uh, yeah, I just this is uh, kind of interesting.
2: And as always, goalies are total voodoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Looks like the Coyotes took some Russian guy, a Russian goalie at 114.
6: Okay. Um,
3: but now I have high hopes for off from the snipery.
6: But Miftakov um, is six one, so that's like. No bueno. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's the uh, Avalanche draft.
3: You know, yeah. And I, and I really, you know, I think it's very interesting the way the last three picks went for them. Is they all, you know, they took three Russians that probably weren't heavily scouted, um, except for maybe Danny Z because of all of his international experience. Um, but it, it seems like they're, they're they're kind of finding a little bit of value where some other people aren't looking. Uh, At least that's, that's what we hope to see down the road from this. Um, We're the new Russia
6: West. It seems like they're, they have a a competitive advantage. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, uh, but yeah, with the, now we have the Russian scouting staff and, and the more that you can bring in, the more you can sign, the more it just opened doors. And yeah, it, it is interesting. I, I like that they have a strategy. It's, you know, uh, it feels like there's a lot more unknown. At the end of the day, they're all pretty much unknown. But it's... Yeah, I
3: mean, it's just like, you know, in the in the last three picks of the draft, if you're just going to take grinders from the, the dub or OHL, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what that gets you. I mean, you might get a couple of safe AHL type guys that might get a call up here or there. But, <clears throat> you know, using... Uh, your resources to find some skill and, and maybe a goalie that that's flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I really like that. I, I don't know if I'd like to see this every year just because
6: yeah, you, was you do need that. a
3: grinder or two every once in a while. Like the, you know, your, your Travis Barons of the world are actually pretty handy. Uh, you just don't need, you know, three or four of them every year.
6: Yeah. Like their last sevens, they've all that were CHL guys. They've all signed colin smith nantel and baron and they're they've all at least been decent contributors yeah so so yeah you do i i kind of do like this go and circle back to the chl and see kind of who's left over but so, sajun
3: might be that guy this year you know
6: yeah so, so i hope they don't abandon it completely but i agree it's not something yeah, you need to do every year
2: this felt like taking it to the extreme right like somewhere in between this and just <laughs> yeah. picking a bunch of plugs.
3: Well, I mean, I, you know, you can make a good case, like, are, these three are all the same age. Um, you know, they, they, they've they probably played in, in in some tournaments together, know each other, or whatever. There's there's probably some camaraderie or whatever. And just sort of bringing them up together uh, as, as a group, there might be some value in that as well.
6: It definitely cool. doesn't feel like the Ben Storm and the Old Haver, which just was like, 6-7! <laughs>
3: that, that, those were dead on the rise like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, the
6: highest guy
3: who's 6-9 on our board? <laughs> Let's can't
4: take teach big!
3: You know, it, it is interesting a little bit on uh,
2: Kovalenko, too, because they kind of probably, I'm assuming, found him when they were scouting Denisenko because they play for the same team
6: yeah or they just knew of him i I think with the abs ties they yeah exactly maybe knew of him but but sure that surely they saw him and they were watching denisenko as well
3: um and again you know it's like apple said that the the speed really stood out with this guy so you know and and he he will be at rookie camp so it'll be interesting to see how that manifests
6: yeah That'll be really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to see. It'd be nice to get a roster, but I'm hoping for tomorrow. I can be patient until tomorrow. If they don't release the information tomorrow. I might start to lose it. Uh,
3: yeah, you figure by five o'clock they have to release the R- <laughs> RFA's. So <laughs> yeah, do um, they,
6: or are they going to ask Dater, and he'll be like, they qualified everyone, and we'll be like, holy shit, really? And they will be like, by everyone, I mean. Well, I mean, except Siemens for <laughs> <and> Spencer <Martin." laughs>
0: well, I, I mean everybody who was going to make the team.
4: <laughs>
0: so Dev Camp of course is later this week. Um I don't know. obviously um Vlad's schedule is a little different than it was this time last season. Um maybe I don't know if we could expect any anything from you at Dev Camp maybe some some YouTube action. Have you thought it's about
5: possible, it? It's um, possible. You know, it's possible.
6: It also depends when they have it and what they do. Are they going to have, like, an yeah. actual scrimmage? How like, can I say if I'm going to be there if us? I don't
3: know when it is? Exactly.
6: <laughs> or are they just going to do skating? Or going to actually be over the weekend?
2: If they, they do ha- a full scrimmage, I'll be there. So I might try and do something with the YouTube. I don't know. Either way, be nice. uh, we're uh, definitely uh, going to do a 2A pod afterward to talk about it.
6: Yeah, and then we'll have a lot more to say, especially about the guys that were there and what we see in them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, by them having it over the weekend, I think that makes the scrimmage more possible because last time they did it, I think it was on a Saturday. So they can have fans come out. I don't know. Not knowing kind of drives me crazy, but
3: I'll figure well, and, out eventually. And one guy I wanted to mention that, that uh, Michael Lansett from TVA mentioned yesterday that was um... –
6: Oh yeah, it was invite. going to be
3: a, a camp invite was was your boy Vladislav Kotkov. Yeah. Yeah, I actually
6: wrote uh, about him in my draft plan, so that was Right. And he's a neat. he's a
3: big right wing from Shakhtoumi in the in the QMJHL, but he's Russian, so he's probably on loan. Um but he's he's 6'4" 205, so he's probably physically mature. Um and it just since they need right wing so so badly um in with the Eagles next year. And this guy was probably going to be around a fourth round pick anyway. Um, you know, it looks like this guy could be a real candidate to to maybe sign a deal and and either turn pro or or maybe go back for another year to to the queue or, or wherever they want to send him. The, um, the
6: little I've seen of him, I think he probably should go back to junior, but we'll see how he looks next to yeah, everybody,
3: but he's um, intriguing.
6: Yeah, he is, especially since the other two are 20-year-olds that are already committed to Canadian college, so it seems yeah, like... Yeah, they
3: look, they look like filler dudes.
6: Yeah, or if someone really impresses, maybe they could be the next saint Amont, But, yeah, probably not. So, yeah, this is interesting. A kid that, that it was of you know, first-year draft eligibility age. It's just, do I see the Abs actually signing someone like that early? Like, Lewis was just such a revelation that they had to do it. You know, are they really willing to do it? Are they really willing to sign this I mean, kid? I, it's
3: going to come, like, I don't think we'll have a big idea after dev camp. It's going to, it's going to be like, he's, he's going to have to wow everybody at in, in, in the rookie tournament. And and I, through.
2: I don't know, man, with Save Lewis that. coming out of dev camp, everyone was like, let's sign that kid.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. But it's like, he was, he was old enough that you're like, you know, they could sign this guy. Um, i I think that's what it's what it's
2: gonna take for kotkov to get signed by this organization too is the thing like
3: yeah Yeah. and and you also like you you see him like all right if he if he goes back into the draft he's probably gonna you know he's gonna be ranked higher than a fourth round pick again next year
6: but he's a russian from the queue so and a small market
3: (laughs) so chicago (laughs) will pick him
6: (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah, so Nash, Nashville yeah, right. or Chicago no, will take
6: five, him. <laughs> Tampa. There's about five teams who probably have seen him play, so but I I hope so. I mean, I liked him. I uh, the skating needs a little bit of work, but he seems like he has good skill, good size.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can't teach 64205 <laughs> at, at age 18, you know.
6: Yeah, and he's not a total plug. He has skill and he is someone that caught my eye and I thought he could be a good late-round pick, so it's cool that they invited him, and, and hopefully he shows well. I just hope if he yeah. does, they're willing to pull the trigger.
3: He's Russian. They love Russians now.
6: <laughs> but they hate signing guys, so...
3: It's, <laughs> yeah, uh... I know. He hates, signing guys sucks, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's like you have to get the facts out and the checkbook, and, you know... Yeah, oh, then you have to tough.
3: tell everybody, and that really sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> do we want to, like, give the draft a grade yet, or is it too early?
0: I I give it a question mark out
3: of five. I mean, as far as what these guys are going to produce, who knows, but I, I just, I like the strategy of what they did with the picks that they ended up with after the other stuff that they did.
6: Yeah, yeah I, I
3: agree with that. It,
6: <laughs> it's like not having the second round do you want to factor that in or do you want to factor in where they picked? And I don't feel like where they picked anyone was a stretch. So yeah. And a lot of these guys were unknown. So it's kind of something that you warm up to when you learn more about them. And I think we will even more after we see them. I'd give it like yeah. a B. It, it seems fine. I mean, it, it kind of feels a little bit like last year's draft, except for the top end. The top end is kind of a little bit more like 16 when they took Joost. And and then, you know, because last year you'd have McCarr and Timmons. They don't have that this year, but it feels a lot well, like, like last year, kind of what they were getting at.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's like, Cal, I mean, you could have taken a lot more of a safer guy there, and they didn't. So,
6: you and know, I, yeah, I don't that, think that gets a
3: fist all. bump I, for me.
6: Yeah, in the first, first round, safe there. is
0: death
3: yeah especially especially like at 16 like you're right in the middle of the round it's like you can go either way and it's really easy to look at that center that's going to give you 30 points max in the nh yeah I yeah mean, look I... at how the first 15 picks of the draft went <laughs> just total yeah, insanity and you have to know yeah, exactly. that safe is not the way mm-hmm. no it's my it look, just looks all over the place so i i you know I, i've warmed up a lot to to the pick and i, I you know, I, I like the thinking behind it that he wasn't the safest guy on the board. He was a rational pick and he fits a lot of needs. Um, and as far as the other guys go, we're never, we're not going to know for a while. But um, the only thing I don't like is only one D. But, I, you know, I realize there's just, you know, there just wasn't much to pick from there. So, you know, I yeah, guess it, a good year to stock up on forwards and goalies. And,
6: and then next year wouldn't hurt them if they maybe got a few CHL guys. Because, yeah, you don't you don't want to get so pigeonholed and next year supposed to be a stronger WHL class. And so you do still need a little bit of variety here, but I also don't mind that they kind of have a lane and a strategy as well. So you can kind of see, Hey, if, if they think they're onto something and they have a competitive advantage, then then go exploit that. You know,
3: and the the new scouts they hired, um, you know, especially Wade Klippenstein, you know, that that's, you know, the WHL is his turf for sure. Um, So, you know, with a strong WHL.
6: (laughs) Poor Mason Arrow hasn't any Q picks.
3: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, when you have a strong WHL class, you're, you know, you're going to have access to someone who knows the league very well. And, and, you know, if the right guys are available in the right spots you know they're going to take advantage of that too. And I I don't think they've abandoned the WHL or, or OHL trains, but it's just you know it has to make sense. They're not going to just say like oh hell, we'll just take this guy.
6: And Jeff, I feel this is the
2: only train we need next year baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, Paco,
6: we need we need to keep the fins going, but yeah, I also feel like yeah, the success they had with Miko just it gives them more rope in that direction too. It's just like what oh, if picking a skilled forward
3: from Europe could really work out well for us, huh?
6: Like that, that pre draft. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys heard that. The pre draft, it was like a AVS cast with Heppel, and he just said that the European scout, I think Yoni Leto, I think that's how you say his name, really pushed for Miko. So the fact that that he had a home run there, I think also gives the European scouts. Yeah, they a got lot a voice now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And they deserve one because they were just ignored for, during the Precy administration, except for like, "Hey, we need a plug at seventh round. What What do you got? Well, oh, this guy's six foot nine. Okay." <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So, so all that's left for the summer then is free agency, and with Colorado trading for Philip Grubauer, do you see them doing
6: anything? I no. I still think they'll sign a forward. I, yeah, I,
3: I mean, I th- I think they need a PK guy to to take um. Como's place that's not on the Bork level. Yeah, but
2: one bottom six winger and a couple of AHL guys is all I really see him doing. Carlson's gone now, so they can't take that YOLO. Unless, like, Tavares comes out and says, I'm doing it, I'm going to Colorado. <laughs> like,
6: <laughs> I still wonder if they would do, like, JVR or something, but...
3: i I think, think that, I mean... I think they might consider Neil or someone like that. Um, the thing, by drafting Cow and that setting yeah, point, he can be in
6: the
2: NHL next year. It just that doesn't seem like it makes sense.
6: Exactly, right, like he should be in the NHL within a year. If I they sign someone at N- least, but... if they
0: sign someone like that, you're looking at like a one or two year kind of deal. Right, yeah. and, and
3: that's not going to happen. Like you know, I, I'm <laughs> sure James Neal loves the idea of playing for the Avs a, a whole bunch and everything, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably it's not for less
3: than three deal. years <laughs> and,
0: and that's, that's One false destiny coming up Like you, I'm just saying you don't want to do something like that And then block out your guy's light count And that's right. the only way that you can get around it
3: And that's why I can even see them Not even signing a Como replacement And just saying like Well we signed Bork and that should be fine for this year And, and
6: but, I mean, think they, they'll sign one yeah. They can't resist they need it's,
3: to- t- it's tough They're just sitting right there and they're free Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, maybe, maybe there's someone in there in the org pushing to say, hey, we have Kamenev, we have Toninato, let's just do
3: this. Who would say Probably that? Probably won't though?
6: be Billington. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, David Oliver. Come on, dude.
6: And Brad Smith has been working all year for his day. I mean, he's yeah. got some ideas. So,
3: well, uh... Oliver got us to sign Poofle or whatever.
6: <laughs> Poof. I, I,
3: I, you're gonna like this dude, Rudo. I, I'm sure of it. I'm never gonna see him. I'm not gonna watch the UCHL. <laughs> He's not just big.
0: <laughs> so usually after after a couple of days of the free agency period, we usually do a show. Um, I'm thinking that we probably won't, just because there's probably not gonna be anything to talk about.
3: Yeah, unless they sign something that's that's sort of a game-changer.
0: Yeah, so if something happens, then you can hear from us. Otherwise, this will probably be the uh, only episode of Burgundy Radio for for August. And it's not even July yet.
5: How symbolic.
4: Right?
6: You never know when they offer sheet stone. Yeah, right.
3: When they trade Barry. Yeah, right.
6: (laughs) (laughs) You think it's going to be a quiet summer? Don't tempt.
3: Yeah. We thought right know. before. Welcome Patrick back,
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> A fourth for Wallen Kilson.
6: I hope they got their pick trade out of the way. They're they're done for a year. They got their pick trade out of the way. No more. Yep. No touch.
3: They Keep got to the make it. They got year. to make no it touching. early. Even they can go. On, they can go on vacation even earlier now. Oh yeah. Right.
0: All right, so shout out to everybody that joined us in the voice chat during the draft. That was a lot of fun as always, and uh shout out to everybody who's here with me today on Sunday, still talking about this stuff.
2: It it never stops. I got a million more videos coming up to get us through August, so.
6: Yeah, now we we get now we got to analyze. So, yeah. there will be no shortage on Burgundy Rainbow, that's for sure.
3: Now we have to figure out how we really think about all these guys.
0: I guess so. Um We like our guys? We like our guys. You can find they, out the,
3: Eagles, the Sooner or later later the Eagles will officially join the AHL. <laughs> right. <laughs> they will. I mean they're still on the ECHL website and they're not on the AHL website and
6: Well they're signing people, so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you can find out exactly
0: how much we like our guys on the Burgundy Rainbow YouTube channel, on burgundyrainbow.com, on Rudo's YouTube channel, which is what? avalanche review on the avalanche review youtube channel thank you for that timely on point ready for it plug and for the rest of the summer i mean go do things there's other things in the world and then when you're when you get bored of those things and rudo will have another video up for you
6: Oh, I can come up with things. You don't. You don't want. You don't but want to hear. You don't. Tour
3: want to de France starts in another movie. two weeks.
6: <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be World Junior Camp. Don't forget about that. Yeah, summer showcase. Lincoln, which we better watch to figure Apparently. out what they're going to take from Europe next year. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Got to scout more than Canada and U.S. now. <laughs> yeah. So y'all have fun with with that worldwide
0: scouting initiative. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then kind of report back to me what you find. So I know everything without doing any of the work.
6: That's what Burgundy Rainbow's for. We do the work. So you don't have just to. Just yep. take your
0: word
2: for us. Trust me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I can't imagine why we would lie about any of this.
4: No.
0: And obviously no one's ever just
4: wrong. I've so, never I been wrong in like, like a
3: year and a half maybe. now.
4: <laughs>
2: Joe Valena's going at 16.
0: Book it. <laughs> that was fun. So, all right, y'all. Y'all have all of July and August to, to keep your head up. And it's a long time to, to hang out in the dirty areas, but I think you can do it, and we will see you all next time. Booshes and noises and stuff go there, and we are now done with that first segment and just chatting. What's
2: up, fam? I can let my dog bark at you, and no one (sighs) will care now.
6: And then sometimes the mic would go out, and then that was funny when a team pick, like, said the wrong team name. (laughs) (laughs) And I swear that one time, Winnipeg, they just had no idea who they were picking. (laughs) <laughs> like it was like a fantasy draft when it goes down to like the last second and then you're just like oh shit and you just have to click something like that's literally what Winnipeg is doing <laughs> anything but the drafts
5: Winnipeg Jets select Big Krillington <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> or, or didn't mm-hmm. Chicago say they were picking Alexis Gravel from the Cape Breton Spring uh, Screaming Eagles?
6: Yeah, whoever <laughs> Yeah,
3: They got yeah. the wrong team. <laughs>
6: but the thing is, Mandalese plays for Cape Breton, so it's like, hope you got the <laughs> right one, guys.
3: Yeah. <laughs> hope you wanted the big one.
6: <laughs> I think someone got warned, too. I think it was Vancouver. They actually said, like, Vancouver, hurry up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
6: It's like, well, they got the one minute warning, like, and then it was, are you going to pick?
0: <laughs> Get it together, Bim Jenning.
5: <laughs> There's no presentation between yeah. now and your pick. <laughs> 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 they, I was like
6: when, oh. A- when Arizona picked so many guys, they all were down there at the table. <laughs> there was that. at least four or five of them. <laughs> they were all down there at the table and they were on the clock. And it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to add the new homie or you <laughs> do it now but they had traded that pick so I guess they were just like hey we're done